Hello and welcome back to Radio Luna Theater's studio series. I am Beatriz Pisano, the artistic director of Aluna Theater, and I am thrilled to introduce you to these experiments in audio storytelling from some of the most exciting theater artists from our trans-American community here in Canada. You're about to hear Clean, a work in process written by Christine Quintana, translation and adaptation by Paula Celaya Cervantes in collaboration with New World Theater. This episode has been adapted for an English audience. When produced, Clean will be performed on stage in both English and Spanish. But for now, the story in several episodes is available one language at a time. Este podcast también está disponible en español. I take her hand and I say, let's go. We get her fancy rental car from the valet parking. She lets me drive because I know the roads. And away we go, down the highway. Sure, it's flooded, but the water is just shallow enough. We come at it with such speed that we glide over the surface until the wheels hit the road again. The sun comes up over our left shoulders, golden light pink like flesh, lighting up the dark blue sky, warming up the horizon. She stares out the window, mouth open. She's never seen anything like that. We rip down the coast, past the tourist traps and fake pyramids. I blast the radio and we drive all day. We talk about boys and work, stupid weddings and having to go to church. It's not raining today, and the sun beats hot on the fresh earth, scrubbed clean. I take the exit for Chetumal. We come up to my house, and my stomach drops. Maybe this was a mistake. It has been so long, and suddenly I'm home again. With this girl who smells like vanilla hand cream, her perfect pedicure, already dirty from the dusty sidewalk. Paco sees me and runs, barking to the car, wagging his tail, and it whips against my legs and, ow, ow, it stings. Ay, Paco, 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 Paco. <sighs> Mamá is cooking pescado pibil, my favorite when it rains. She's standing by the stove when I ring the doorbell. She lets me in like no time has passed, like nothing has happened. She says she knew we were coming, so she cooked for three. My mama always knows. The three of us light candles, eat until we can barely move. My mother and I laugh as we point to things and tell her the word, and she repeats it back in her white girl espanol. I see my home like for the first time. Cheap tianguis print of the last supper on the wall, laminate floors peeling up at the edges, cracked plates. I forgot what my real world is like. I'm in charge of keeping paradise perfect down to the toothpaste rings on the counter. We have so much to sum 
and so little to others. But this girl is in paradise here. Keeps one hand stroking Paco's head, the other one under her chin, as she listens to Mama tell a story in her patchy English. I used to want to burn this place down. But now, if this girl so much as sniffs the wrong way at it, I don't know what I'd do. More food, more drinks, more laughing. We do the dishes and sing along to the radio. She, she's a perfect guest and serves the cafe so Mama can rest her feet. The sun is setting and we drink it on the back porch. She can't stop smelling the air as she wanders through the park across the street looking for the sores. She screams when she almost steps on an iguana! And we laugh, we laugh. She finds the tree that smells like chocolate pods. And I tell her they caught all of them down at the resort. It's dark out now. And we retreat to my room. Just how I left it eight years ago. Mama is asleep, so we have to be quiet. We pick out clothes to wear, tight jeans and halter tops, my favorite shoes that I never came back for. We make ourselves into works of art. Contour, highlighter, perfect eyeliner arcs, eyebrows like bows and arrows, lipstick, sharp. We're ready to go. We can hear the band from halfway down the block. We open the door and every head turns our way. We part the dance floor as we head for the bar. She goes to get her wallet, but I say, ah, not tonight. I snap my fingers and a drink appears in my hand. She tries it and sure enough, she gets one too. The men crowd around us and I choose one and hit the floor. She watches us dance and I can tell what she's thinking. How do they know what to do? And I don't know what to say, I just do. I move to her, take her hands, show her the way to move her hips, how to listen to the music, and we dance, the band is hot, the drinks keep coming, she's laughing, amazed, exhilarated, she loves this place now, the resort long forgotten, and then he's here. Standing in the doorway of the club, looking so handsome, my knees buckle. He comes to me, arm around my waist, whispering right in my ear. Te amo, Adriana. I love you. I love you. And I say, yes, 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 I love you too. And I'm not fucked up anymore. I'm ready now. We can live together and leave Cancun. And I won't smell like chemicals. And I won't start fights with you when I'm scared. And I won't break your heart ever again. I will never yell and I will never cry. I will be with you and we will be happy. We. 
He takes my hand and leads me out the door so we can go home and make love like we did when I was still a whole person. She comes running after, high heels slapping on the tile floor. Wait, she says. You can't leave me here. I'm too drunk to drive and <laughs> I don't know where I am, she says. I thought we were friends. I push her beautiful blonde hair away from her neck so I can whisper right in her ear. You are not my fucking friend. I wait behind a tree. She stands, waiting for him to come back. And he does staggering across the pool deck. And BAM! We hit him hard in the back of the head and he's out. We load him onto a housekeeping cart. It's the middle of the night and it's just us and him. I tie his wrists with garbage bags while she gags him with a washcloth. We wave ammonia under his nose until he gasps awake. Hello, she says to him. It's time. We drag him to the edge of the pool and hold his head underwater for just two, three seconds at a time. We hear him wheeze as the washcloth fills with water. His nostrils flare with desperate breaths. Again, she says, and he screams his response. No! <laughs> so we do it again. This gets boring and he's heavier when wet, so we drag him to the deck chairs and tie him down. Stop crying! I slap him, but she reminds me to take it slow. But I am mad. I am so, so fucking mad. I want to lose it. I want to rip him to pieces. But she says, no. Breathe. And she says, I have another idea. We dig through the cart for something fun. Some shitty hospitality racers. She draws a flower, a sun, a bumblebee. A little portrait dotted with little drops of blood. He smells terrified, sick, cologne, <laughs> and fear. He wets himself and goes quiet. We pull off his piss-soaked jeans, his stained undershirt. We laugh and laugh at him. She pulls a bottle of bleach off the cart and we flick it at him, watching him wince. I dump trash on him, old condoms and bloody tissues. But I think we've had enough. She gets out her phone and puts him in the crosshairs. Now tell the camera what you did. Tell us. Tell everyone. Or else. Or else. He takes a breath and... Hello? Are you okay? Pardon? Are you okay? Yes, I am okay. Do you need help? No, ma'am. I, I am okay. You were crying. P pardon me? Crying? You were crying. Oh, uh, it's okay, ma'am. Uh, don't worry. Oh. You work here, right? Um, I recognize uh, you. You're... You work here, 
you were in my room before with the um with the sheets. Are you okay? I saw you and that that man. I saw you. Oh, I uh, am. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, don't be sorry. Th there is a party. Uh, I am not working now. No, no. I, I'm not. Good. I'm not going to report you or anything. Thank you, ma'am. But I saw everything. Do you understand? What's your name? I'm Sarah. Is there... Is there someone you want to call? Or... Or I have a rental car. I could drive you to a clinic. Or, um... I just... I just want to say that I saw it all. And I want to help you. If... If you want to report it, I'm a, I'm a witness. I'm a, I'm a witness, and I know that, I know that these things don't go the way they're supposed to, but if I can help in any way, I, uh, I'm talking too much. Are you okay? I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't understand. Sarah, call, call me Sarah, please. What's your name? Adriana. Ad Adriana. Adriana, tell me how to help. Please, ma'am. Please, don't tell nobody. I catch the bus. Cancun to Chetumal. It takes for fucking ever. Crammed full of people, kids climbing over seats, a banda loud, señoras shouting over it. I already know I won't make it on time, but maybe I won't miss the whole thing. I finally get to Chetumal. I need to go so badly, I think I'm going to piss myself. The house is closest to the bus stop, so I go there first. I still have my old key in my purse. I open the door. No one is there. They're probably all at mass. I step inside, run to the bathroom. As I wash my hands, I look at myself in the mirror. I look fucking old. I step out into the living room. My heart stops for a second. I think I see him there. I think I hear his voice. No, at least I don't think so. The shrine is all laid out. Mama? always does it right. The candles still smell hot. Cups, glasses everywhere. It smells like tequila. All his fucking friends from work probably showed up. It's so quiet. It was never quiet when he was here. Always drinking, singing, snoring. Shouting, screaming, banging. It's beautiful. Rows of flowers in glass bottles. Colorful candles next to his picture. A cross watching over the scene. And then I see it. 
a little toy angel painted by me in school when I was seven years old. He kept it in his dresser. He broke it once when he was drunk. He couldn't stop crying, and neither could I. Mama glued it back together and hid it from him. I take it in my hand. It's heavy. I smash it to the ground. I scream when it shatters. I kick over the candles, spill tequila everywhere, spit on the spot where his body lay. I hate you. I fucking hate you. And then I turn around because Mama is there. A dozen people behind her, staring, shocked. I see them see me in my work uniform, surrounded by broken glass. She says, Adri, ¿qué haces? ¿Por qué? And I say, why didn't you ever do something? Why did you stay here? Why? Why? And she says, why did you leave me behind? Why did you leave me alone with him? I only stayed to protect you. And after you left, everything got worse. Everything got Worse, what kind of daughter are you? The tíos and tías behind her shake their heads at me, ashamed. The last candle on the altar flickers and goes out. My sister and my mother sit down for breakfast. My sister is angry. Her mouth is doing this weird, shaky thing that happens when she's trying not to flip out. Mom is fucking stone-faced, tense. Madison says, If you asked us to meet to tell me you want to bail on being maid of honor, it's too fucking late. Mom says, For God's sake, Sarah, what do you want? Madison says, Your knee is messed up. You look like you haven't slept since you got here. Mom says, you smell like a brewery, Madison says. What's going on? Normally I'd make a shitty comment, flip out, storm off. Maybe I'd turn it around on them, drag up some old shit that takes ages to argue through. But not today. I wanted to tell you that I understand that my behavior has been disappointing to you, as it has been to me as well. I recognize that this is a pattern I have. When I feel overwhelmed, sometimes I drink too much or sleep too much, and it's my way of withdrawing from the things that are causing me to feel overwhelmed. As a result though, I am sometimes then not present or there for the people that I care about. I am letting you down because the focus needs to be on Madison's wedding. My mom's face softens, just for a second. Madison's face falls, her eyes filled with tears. 
I just want you to get it together, Sarah. We all do. We just want to know that you're okay. Mom says nothing, so Madison says, Mom, say something, she says. Are you okay? And I don't want to scare them, so I hold it together for as long as I can before I say, No. No, I'm not okay. I know that this was a long time ago, and I know that we sort of put this to rest, but when I was 14, Mr. Um, <clears throat> it happened to me first. It went on for two years. I never told anyone. He told me that if I kept this secret, he wouldn't do it to anyone else. And I believed him. When I realized it was happening to you, I should have said something. I wanted to. But I was so used to keeping secrets. I just couldn't. Once it all came out, you seemed so... We were all worried. And I didn't want to make it worse. And I didn't want to... I couldn't stand the idea that maybe there was something I could have done. You asked me once, Mom, if it happened to me, and I said, no. And that was it. So sometimes I drink too much. Sometimes I sleep all day because I never told anyone until right now. Something happened that shouldn't have happened. It happened to me. My mom reaches out to me, grasps my hand. She looks into my eyes. In a voice choked with tears, she says, I am so sorry, Sarah. Madison cries. She holds me. She whispers, I wish you had told us. You did everything you could. I cry, and they hold me. <laughs> and then we go to group therapy. We heal as a family. I quit drinking and start running marathons. My mom calls me every day, and we talk about books and politics. Madison starts recycling. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sure. Blah, blah, blah. Oh my god. Oh, fuck. I open my eyes and everything spins. Bright white spinning around me. The hotel, right. White sheets. The storm. The party. Oh, Jesus, I haven't drunk like this in years. Last night, last night. 
that's dead. Nicolas. And that girl, the sad girl, she saw us. What time is it? I roll over to stare at the alarm clock next to me. <gasps> it's late. Too late. I stagger to my feet, my world rocking and spinning across my eyes. But there are rounds to do. There are things to do. And I don't... I can't. I shiver. I'm going to get fired. That girl is going to tell somebody she's going to report me. And she's going to get me fired. Fuck. Fuck. I can't. I can't. Somehow I make it to the bathroom. I get into the shower. Oh, wow. It's a nice shower. I lean against the wall. Inhale the steam. I open the bar of soap. Crisp paper with a bright orange sticker on top. I lather hard at my skin. On my neck, between my legs, let me feel new again. I am the first one to the buffet for breakfast. I didn't have a drop to drink last night and I am fresh as a fucking daisy. That's true. I wear a white cotton dress that shows off my perfect, even tan. My hair is washed, my makeup is tasteful and cute. I smile big for Maddie Madison when she arrives. I've saved a table big enough for everyone. I hit the buffet. Hot coffee, fresh fruit, some yogurt from what is clearly the boring white people section. I take a modest portion and sit next to my sister. I drink plenty of water. I ask Madison if she's ready before I take out my notebook and go over the day's activities with her. I use a blue gel pen for Brad's day and a pink one for hers. The top of the paper says, hashtag Mad Brad. I am the one who pointed out that hashtag Wedding Day Olay was already being used and that hashtag Guac Wedding somehow felt racist. When I need to, I can get it together. But inside I am, I am, I can't describe it. I haven't seen her yet. Oh, God, that poor woman. I couldn't find her again. By the time I grabbed my shorts and flip-flops, she was gone. I know what that's like to want to hide. But if there's one thing I know, you can never hide. I will find her. I will help her. At that moment, Brad spills yogurt on his chin. Madison laughs gently and wipes it off with one of the bright turquoise napkins, which looks perfect with her yellow sundress and his light blue polo shirt. I snap a picture. I add the hashtag. It doesn't mean a thing, but I will fix what matters. I get out, dry my hair, make myself presentable. On the way out, I trip over a tray of breakfast with a note from Nicolas. Take the day off. Dolores is covering your shift. Rest. Call your mama. I ignore it. I go to my office, get a fresh uniform, 
put it on. I go to the eighth floor and tell Mercedes I can help her if she wants. Well, I'm here anyway and we're behind, no? Very good, let's get to work. I start at the other end of the hall. Knock, enter, begin. Sheets, pillows, comforter, towels, counters, toilet, surfaces, refillable, carpet check. Knock, enter, begin. Sheets, pillows, comforter, towels, counters, toilet, surfaces, refillable, carpet check. Knock, enter, begin. Sheets, pillows, comforter, towels, counters, toilet, surfaces, refillable, carpet check. Knock, enter, begin. Sheets, pillows, comforter. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> I hope you have enjoyed the piece. Thank you for listening to Radio Luna Theater's Studio Series. Clean was developed with the support of New World Theater in Vancouver, the Tarragon Theater in Toronto, the BC Arts Council, and the Canada Council for the Arts. This recording was co-produced by New World Theater and Aluna Theater. Adriana is played by Alexandra Lainfiesta. Sara is played by Genevieve Fleming, and Sara in the Spanish podcast is played by Manuela Sosa. Written by Christine Quintana, translation and adaptation by Paula Celaya Cervantes, co-directed by Chelsea Haberlin and Daniela Atiencia. Sound design by Michelle Cutler. Stage manager, Susan Miyagishima. Technical director, Nicole Lamb. Intern producer, Yvonne Yip. PL Digital Technologies, Andy Lloyd and Anthony Lee. Script coordination, Camila Diaz Varela. Editing by Miquelon Rodriguez, assisted by Lucia Linares. Head of production, Monica Garrido. Radio Aluna Theater is produced by Aluna Theater with support from the Toronto Arts Council, the Ontario Arts Council, the Canada Council for the Arts, the Department of Canadian Heritage, the Metcalf Foundation, and TD Bank. All Radio Luna Theatre episodes are in English, Spanish, or Spanglish. New episodes of Radio Luna Theatre are released on Wednesdays. Follow and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Aluna Theatre is Beatriz Pisano, Trevor Schwellnos with Sue Valent. For more information about Aluna Theatre, visit us at alunatheatre.ca. Follow Aluna Theater on Twitter or Instagram or like us on Facebook. Join us in May for a new installment of the studio series. We will be presenting El Retorno by playwright Marilo Núñez. Hasta muy pronto. <laughs>